big day today, of course, some massive, massive earthquakes. The Kermadex with the biggest of, at 8.1. On the line with us is the Chair of Earthquake Science at the University of Otago, Professor Mark Sterling. Hello, Professor. Hello there. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for making the time. A lot of people intrigued by your work here. So are we likely to see any more earthquakes in that region of the same magnitude, around 8 now? I think that the um, main events have probably happened there. Um, so, um, no, I'd say not. Okay. As far as the Kermadex are concerned, is, is that an area that's on a known fault line or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, really, the uh, it's all on the big um, boundary of the Pacific and Australian plates. It's the Tonga-Kermadec Trench, and, and that actually goes from Tonga right down to um, Cook Strait, Kaikoura area, and it's oh. um, where it's close to New Zealand, it's called the Hikarangi subduction zone. It's, it's a geological feature called a subduction zone where one plate dives underneath the other, and the earthquakes are due to that sort of forcing that goes on there. Right. Professor, are we getting, it seems to be we're getting more earthquakes in this part of the world, but even around the world, than we did, say, 30 years ago. Is that correct or not? I don't think that's correct, really. There's there's a great deal of fluctuation through time in, in earthquake occurrence. And, yeah, earthquakes all happen in, in clusters, and but there's a lot of um, sort of perceived association between earthquakes, you know, when you get two major sequences on, a, on other, you know, the each side of the Pacific or something like that. But really, there's a great deal of variability in earthquake occurrence and... Um, it's sort of it's through long periods of time. It's it's really a, a steady process. You'd have to go back into the hundreds of thousands of years or millions of years to see changes, um, real changes through time, which would be due to changes in uh, plate boundary right. orientation and behaviour. So it's interesting, isn't it, the perception? Because my grandfather, you know, he lived till he was 88 years old, and I just don't recall him talking about earthquakes really at all of any significance or, or you know, a bunch of them. But it does feel like we've had the Kaikoura ones, the Christchurch oh, yeah. ones, these ones. It seems in the last six, eight, ten years there have been a lot more. Yeah, oh, yeah you're right on, on that sort of scale that we do have times where there's uh, relative quiescence. And then, um, yeah, we've had... A lot of people, a lot of my colleagues say we've kind of had a bit of a catch-up in New Zealand in the last 10 or so years with major earthquakes with Fiordland and Canterbury mm, and Kaikoura, yeah, yeah. etc. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, and pre those events, um, I think ma the last major event we really talked about was Edgecombe in 1987. Mm. So, yeah, there are fluctuations on that sort of time scale. Um, but it's all part of a sort of a fairly constant process. Right. Professor, as a layman, and this is very much a layman's question, but my impression is, I must say, that the detection of earthquakes seems to happen a lot, a lot more quickly these days. What, 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 what do people like yourself and, and what do experts in the field use to detect them and how quickly can they detect when there is an earthquake? Oh, OK. Well, uh, yes, the, certainly um, the detection timing um, and accuracy is, has gone up in, in the last 20 years majorly and even you know just in the last few years because um, the formation of, of GeoNet uh, based at GNS Science really sort of um, uh, put thrust our earthquake detection capabilities ahead um, you know with with the big um, 
cash injection from you know EQC and government to produce um, a, a, you know a comprehensive um, network you know seismic, seismometer a network around the country mm. and also um, tsunami um, early warning and stuff. Right. So there, yes, there's been a lot of investment, and the result of that is that um, and the the 24/7 service that Genet has and the result of that is that, that the information gets out there very very fast it's you know yeah. not like the old days where one duty officer had his, um, <laughs> his um, computer that he had to get up in the middle of the night and locate the earthquake and it took <laughs> about 20 minutes. Absolutely last thing before we let you go professor I'm intrigued by the depth of the earthquakes of course obviously it makes a monumental difference to the damage and, and tsunamis etc why the difference in the depths you know with Christchurch well, being 5k's this one and the Kermitic's much deeper? Yeah yeah. well um, a subduction zone is a really massive sort of a feature which doesn't have a constant depth to it and it's got very different Sort of um, elements to it, like the the, in, the the earthquake that happened east of New Zealand, east of the East Cape, was what we call an, an intra slab earthquake. It was within, and an, i.e. intra, it was within the Pacific Plate, the slab of the Pacific Plate going down under. Right. And so that that um, that was um, what controlled the type of earthquake it was and how deep deep it was. But then the other two earthquakes up in the Kermadex area, they were thrust earthquakes that were actually on the uh, boundary of the two plates, what we call the plate interface. Okay. And so, and because that's a sloping zone, the um, what it looked like to me when I looked at the um, online, the this this magnitude 7.4 I think it was the foreshock was a lot deeper it was a lot further down that dipping slab than the 8.1 right and and um, although you know the size of the 8.1 I, I haven't seen any um, any sort of source um, mechanisms for it yet or source maps so I don't know how it's possible that it was big enough that the 7.4 was on the down dip edge of it but right. I'm really speculating there. Fascinating I stuff. None of my colleagues who are hearing this cane me for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is fascinating your work. Professor thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's a pleasure. Thanks. All Bye. the best. Professor Mark Sterling, Chair of the Earthquake Science Team at uh, University of Otago.